Welcome to Chasing Happiness podcast about life lessons and issues that impact our lives. Some of the best episodes are where we take an honest look at current events, discuss how they might affect you, all while being completely transparent in tone from host Ryan Dement who tells his stories with honesty combined with humor for your listening pleasure. Let's get to it. Here is your host Ryan Dement. Hey guys, welcome back. Ryan Dement, Chasing Happiness Podcast. I am lucky to have on a special guest today, Adam Corin. Adam, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. Good to have you. So we had a good conversation before we brought you on the show, and I, I really like what you're doing. Could you tell a little bit about yourself, your background, and what got you to this point? And then we'll talk about your journey and some of the services you offer. Sure. Yeah, my background, I'm a financial coach, which is a bit of a unique thing. My background's in counseling and coaching, actually, rather than I'm not an investment advisor or financial planner. And what I find is oftentimes what people most need around their finances sometimes is that is more of the handholding aspect and, and helping people work through and figure out what's in their way, dealing with their finances in a way that feels good and can just so people can really put it behind them. So that's what I do. I hold people's hands, especially when it's hard. It's You are the very first person that I've had on that is actually a financial coach like myself, because I do have a, I have a practice of private coaching. And then we also have our nonprofit that we do. And it's two different groups. And I know we talked about it, but it's nice to have somebody else on that understands the uh, the industry and the things that go on with us, because it's truly not just finance. It's truly, you need to have somebody that holds you accountable, holds your hand, but also tells you how it is at times, because there's sometimes we do some crazy things that mm -hmm. just don't make sense. So here's how I've come to think about that over years of doing this is I like to think of it this way. The first piece is hardly anybody gets trained in their finances. Two, hardly anybody talks about it, especially with any detail, sometimes even with the closest people in our lives. And three, this is the one that I discovered that is the most interesting, I think, which is number three, everyone I've talked to about this stuff has an expectation of themselves that I should know what I'm doing with my finances because I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how could we? How could we if we're not trained and we don't talk about it? So I think that's where some of the avoidance and even the, the shame can come in thinking that I should know what I'm doing with this. But when all that happens, and, and I know we're digressing a little bit, but I will go backwards, is you mentioned some great points. And I think one of the points we talked about before is that some of this is we're not taught or trained, but it mm -hmm. also starts with our home life and, mm -hmm. and how that actually works. It's interesting to see how I can talk to somebody, and I'll just use an example, an airline pilot that you would think is highly educated and makes a significant amount of money but really doesn't understand money and what they're doing. And then you have somebody that's, let's say, is a blue collar worker making $50,000 a year. They're in that same situation. The difference between the two is the airline pilot has more discretionary income to be able to have those mess ups that they have versus somebody that's making 50,000 where you don't have that luxury. So that person that's making 50,000 is being penalized because they can't recover. That's true. Yeah. And sometimes it, it goes back to our upbringing, but I, I've met plenty of people who 
had their, their dad is a financial advisor even, or an accountant or something like that. And either, either they didn't get trained or they did, but it went, went over their head and they just feel like they never got it. And then other people, that whole idea, and even what I do is sometimes mind blowing for people. They're like, how did people not figure out their finances? It's so important. And I'm like, a lot of people have it. Like, it's actually very normal. So what would you say the biggest thing that you come across on during their time with people and working with them in your practices? Is it just lack of training? Is it not having the ability to change? There's so many things I can think of, but what would you hit on first when you first talk to somebody and it's one of those major points that you, you see mostly? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the commonalities because I, I think the, ma the main thing is that it, the, the first thing is what I just said about we didn't get trained, we don't talk about it. And so then there's this basic kind of avoidance. I should know what I'm doing, but I don't. So I'm just going to not, I'm going to deal with it as little as possible. So I think that's really the first thing. And then when problems crop up as a result of that, what where it gets really interesting is is when people lean back in and what will be right there is their resistance is the way that all the apps and spreadsheets and things don't quite work for them and so yeah sometimes people will press through that and figure it out and sometimes they will try and then say Ugh, it's too much it's overwhelming and i i just had a Potential client I talked to today, she, when we were talking about budgeting, she said, I've tried like 10 different ways over the years and none of it is ever stuck. <laughs> and so the really interesting thing is, is, is actually peering a little more closely into that and what's going on there. Cause she doesn't need another system. She's tried all the systems. It, mm -hmm. It's something else psychologically. So that's where I get curious and we dive in together and figure it out. So is she going to become a clique? It was actually a couple and it was a, it was a powerful session and uh, they're going to talk about it. Okay, cool. I'd be interested to hear what that is because if you've been trying to budget for 10 years and you can't get it, I'd like to hear that because I've not heard that one before. I, I've heard that I don't understand budgeting or I, I don't like it or, or whatever, but trying it for 10 years and it doesn't work. I guess for me, it's dollars and cents and you have a column that has your income coming in and you have a column that has your outgoing. Right. That's budgeting. So right. Right. I, I guess it's a little deeper than that, but that's here nor there. So we, we move on, we digress. So how did you get into this? How did you become mm -hmm. a financial coach? How did you get into this aspect of your life? Yeah. Yeah. I've been coaching a long time. I love coaching so much. And how I started was I was um, coaching a client on something else, helping her get a handle on her email actually. And we did a few sessions and she said, this is great, but what I really need help with is my finances. Can you help me with that? And I said, huh, this is the beginning of my doing this. I, I said, I haven't, I've never done that before, but let's give it a try. And the work was so effective for her and it was so fun for me. And the more I started to think about it and talk with people in my life about it, I realized there are so many people who have this kind of avoidant relationship with money and mm -hmm. there's very little help for that. Like therapists on the one side, they're happy to talk about the messy emotional side of things. Yes. It's like they're probably not going to want you to pull up spreadsheets and talk through really detailed plans. No. And then, and then financial planners, 
the total opposite. They're happy to, to go over the plans, talk about the numbers, but when it gets into the more messy avoidance stuff, they'll probably nope. steer you back towards the numbers in most yes. cases, not always. So I just found that there was this gap where there, there are certainly some financial coaches like yourself, but it's still an unusual thing. I, I just, I, I found a sweet spot because I love dealing with both the, the emotional and the practical side of it. So let's get to the, the emotional side of this whole process, because that is, I would probably say that's the crux of the majority of people that I speak to, probably you too. How could we provide some tips to the listeners about how they could have a better relationship with money and be able to take it, not try to, some people kick it to the side, I get it, but maybe take more of an active role so they can start working with their money and not having that relation, that somewhat negative relationship with money. Yeah. Okay. Good question. If, if you're listening to this, you're probably wanting, wanting that, wanting some tips or some kind of way to help you lean in, especially when it's annoying, difficult, frustrating, overwhelming. The, where I want to start with that is um, what my coach told me about appreciate the enemy. And what mm -hmm. he meant by that is if we think that something is, it should be easy and then we don't do it, we're hard on ourselves. Like, why can't I just get myself to do this thing? It's not that hard. But if, if we see it instead as a difficult adversary, like something that really needs our courage and sometimes support, but it, it calls forth the best in us, then when we can see it that way, whatever is hard for us, if it's finances, for example, then we can do our best to bring everything we've got to bear. So that's the first thing is just appreciating that it can be really difficult because we don't get trained and we don't talk about it. And that's the first step. We got to be able to bring it to bear, but do we, do you have some actionable steps that we can actually share with the listeners so we can maybe do some small exercises and start dipping, as I say, dipping my toe in the deep end a little bit to understand where I'm going? Because ultimately we all want to have a better relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like to start with the mindset side of it because that, I, I think that's usually where people are stuck if they're stuck is because there, there are so many apps out there. But to answer your question, so some practical, on the practical side, so uh -huh. what, I, what I find is most people don't really have overview. They don't have a sense of what am I spending monthly? And it's, it's not obvious. Sometimes if you're just using one credit card, for example, then you can just see what the monthly bill is. But usually it's a little more complicated than that. Everybody's got different situations. But so that's where I like to start is just with, I have a, custom simple spreadsheet that I share with clients where I help them really uh, just fill in the blanks for what am I spending my money on each month and, and to have a bottom line. This is what I tend to spend and, and that, and then we can build from there. So is it a 30,000 foot view to where you're just asking some basic questions or are you already drilling down and trying to really understand what they really have coming in on a monthly basis and what they're going out? Or is this kind of, let's step into it slowly and try to build one over time? Yeah, no, we get right into it. And I would say it's more like maybe the 10,000 foot view because we're just looking at um, it, it, at a month, a, a month's worth of, of spending. Yeah, that, that's where I like to start. And, and what I find is it, it, 
with the people that I work with, there's often some kind of challenge that will come up with that. And then we talk about that and work through that. And then we go back to the numbers and it just goes back and forth with the practical and the emotional. So budget wise, a couple tips that we can share when creating a budget or working with a budget, what are some suggestions from you to the listeners, how they can create a budget that is easy enough for them to follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share mine and would invite you to share yours too. We may have different approaches. It's some, something that I tell my clients that I don't hear very often. So this is maybe an unusual take, but I see the, the budgeting that I recommend for my clients is actually a one-time exercise specifically to find what we tend to spend okay. um, monthly, just as a baseline and as a starting point. And I think YNAB, you need a budget and things like that are fantastic, which demand a much more active, ongoing approach. Correct. Where, you know, every, every dollar is assigned a job. But for the people I work with, just having that basic sense of where my money is going monthly and in which categories, that can be super helpful to start. How about you, Ryan? What, what you for, for me, I, I do the same thing. It's a little more ongoing. So it's a little different from my do, two different types of clients. When I'm working with somebody that is working on our, uh, our nonprofit side, they tend to have a little bit less, I don't know how to describe it, other than it's more of a bankable perspective. So they don't have a traditional route of what's coming in, what's going out. So you've got to start backing up from there, even though they get a paycheck, but they have some other monies coming in that it's weird at times, but I don't know how to describe it unless I'd share one, but I can't. So basically taking the same thing and then getting down to the point of categorizing your spending. Then on the other side with the other, with the private clients, I'm more looking at the debt and understanding what they're spending on. And especially like an airline pilot, when they're traveling 18, 20 days a, a month, they're spending a lot of money when they're in different cities and understanding that sp those spending habits to get to the point of what's causing it. And again, like you said, I'm starting to put that hat on as I'm, I'm more of your therapist and helping you to understand why you're spending those monies. But ultimately, I'd like to be able to see them create that budget and then understand where that's at. And then I'd like to come back and say, okay, after a day or so, let it sit. And how does that budget make you feel? Are you okay with your spending habits? Are you, what do you think you can actually do? And let them play me and let them start providing some information that they see from them for on themselves. But then also we go back and forth and have that healthy conversation of why you've done these things to understand it because ultimately they're going to want to have a better relationship with money down the road. It's just not there yet. And they, they typically take a little bit of time to get there and understand that money's not bad. You just have to learn how to build your relationship over time to put yourself in a position of, I, I say to win, because ultimately we all going to stop working at some point in our lives and you're going to have some money saved and you're going to have some type of retirement and you can't go into retirement with uh, a load of debt that is going to strap you for the rest of your life. It just doesn't work that way. So just changing Mine is more changing mindsets and understanding that. And I think we're on that same page. I just take a different approach from the, the two different clients because they have different spinning habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to customize it in that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're on budgeting. We're going through all that good stuff. The, the next thing I typically will look at and, and talk about is some goals 
and what they're trying to uh, accomplish, at least from my side. What would be the next step for you once you've worked through that budgeting aspect? They're getting comfortable with the budgeting. What is some next steps that we can tell the listeners to work on? Yeah, actually, I would, I, I start more with the goals and, and okay. actually more with the problems. Like what, because usually when somebody's coming to me, they have, they've probably tried things on their own and gotten overwhelmed or gotten sidetracked or whatever. And they usually come to me because they've hit that breaking one of one of the most powerful examples I can think of is I had a client reach out to me on Yelp from her pet's emergency room or the pet hospital because, and she was a doctor, she was making plenty of money, but she was spending a lot. And she she was finding herself to handle her dog's surgery. She was going to have to borrow money from a friend again. And she was just so tired of that pattern. And she said, I've got to do something different. And that's where she reached out to me from. So where I like to start is really from where, what is the problem that they are seeing, the client is seeing, and and then thinking together about solutions. So I, I wouldn't necessarily start with budgeting, like in, in her case, that is eventually where we got to. But people can have such, a lot of people have tried budgeting, they've tried Mint, or they've tried other apps. And, and haven't had great experiences usually, at least the people I work with. So I, I like to start a little slower and seeing what they actually want and need. And I agree. I've had plenty of people that have struggled with apps and they think the apps are going to be the miracle that they're going to need. And it truly isn't. It, it starts with them and, and they've mm-hmm. got to be able to understand what they're going to accomplish and what they're going to do. So it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you hundred percent. I I have a... Google spreadsheet that I actually use for budgeting and I will walk through with them. And it's just, it's basic. You got column on the left-hand side, you've got your income on the right side, you got your expenses, and then we break it down in categories. It's why make it overcomplicated when it can be just very simple and they're already overwhelmed already. So why add in additional stress when they don't need it? Cause then you're just going to, they're going to unfortunately shut down and then you just, you can't get them to get back on track, you're going to, you're going to have to work all that time to circle back around. And I just found the simpler, the better, and it just works out so much better. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. The way I think about this is what is the minimum we need to do to get this off your mind and no longer nagging at you with whatever the problems are, how can we handle this? So we can focus on other things in life that bring more pleasure. I like that you say we, that's a Mm -hmm. good thing because Mm -hmm. they realize you're in it with them and Mm -hmm. it's not just them doing the work. I, my other side of that is I say that I'm willing to help you, support you, guide you, whatever, but you still have to do the work yourself. I can help you and I can, I'll be in the trenches with you and I'll be your biggest cheerleader, but Mm -hmm. ultimately it, it comes down to them wanting to do the work themselves and I'll reward them. And of course, if something messes up, you gotta go the other direction, but it's just building that confidence up. And once the confidence uh, is up, it just, they take off. And it's, <laughs> I smile because it's a great feeling because I see them succeed with money. And it's now it's, it becomes generational. Some of these yeah. individuals have never had any type of training or coaching or anything to whatsoever. And now they get to pass it on to their kids, their kids, friends, their family members. And that's mm-hmm. huge to me because then that just makes the world that much better. I love what you're doing in the world. It's great. <laughs> 
-hmm. It's fun. It's rewarding. You're doing some great stuff too. That's why you're on it. You've got some, I love your website. It's very to the point. I love it. So I'll share it definitely in the show notes so people can see you, hear you and understand what you're doing. And if they need to sign up, go for it. I think that'd be an awesome thing to do. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. So what else can we talk about other than finances? Anything else you would like to, I know there's other stuff you want to touch. So I'm just walking us down there. Yeah. I mentioned that I had a client where I was helping her with her email. Zooming out from finance a little bit. What I, I have a real passion for is being on top of things, being in control. I hate the feeling of being overwhelmed and frazzled. That's one of my least favorite experiences. So I, I put a a lot of attention and focus and have developed some mastery over letting nothing fall through the cracks. And and there's some real connection with money around that too. But yeah, I, so many people are leading such full lives and dealing with overwhelm on a daily basis. So love getting to help with that. Can you talk a little bit about it, about what you're doing and so forth to yeah. Give the listeners some ideas. We're all about tips and tricks, but also a little bit of background and and see what... Yeah. Yeah. There's really a lot of similarities with what we were just talking about, because one of the things that I recommend in terms of handling all the stuff we need to handle in life is to have one main system or list. And lots of people have papers and post-its and they've started all kinds of notebooks and they've, they've got things to do in all of these different places. And I love to have one central dashboard or website. There are a lot of tools for this. Yes. Um, So that's one of the things I recommend. But I was just talking with a former client about this last night. That just having that recommendation is probably not going to be useful to anyone because just what we were saying, there's there, there are other things going on that have us resist being organized and clear and on top of things. And sometimes one thing I hear a lot is I don't have time to get organized. Like I, <laughs> I, I could be using that time to handle all this stuff instead. And I, I just find that the few minutes that it takes to write things down in the right place can make such a difference in our peace of mind. Organization is key to life, but some people thrive in a chaotic world and I'm with you. I I have enough on my plate and and if I don't, I look ahead and I've got a whiteboard on my wall and I've got things I got to plan out that has to be done. If I didn't do that, I I think, I don't think I'd be disorganized, but it would be harder. And then you have this longer list uh, every single day that you have to deal with. And I don't know about you. I I don't want to have that over my head. I want to be able to check things off, get them done and move forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. And I just have such a respect for the all the differences. This 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 former client I was just talking with last night has ADHD, and okay. I've worked with a lot of people with ADHD. And he said something really profound to me, which was, he said the connect. This is this might sound a little funny, but the process of doing things, mm-hmm. and then the experience of things actually getting done. He said mm-hmm. those are not real connected for me. Oh wow. Yeah. And that's that interesting. Makes, that makes sense for all of my experience with people with ADHD where um there's so much so many unexpected annoying obstacles that seem to come out of nowhere and um it can create this this 
sense of like, why bother? I hate all that stuff anyway. I'm just trying to do as little of that kind of daily administrative stuff as possible. And then sometimes it bites us in the butt. But so, yeah, that's how I made sense of that. It's not always connected to doing things with actually things getting done. That's a good observation. I'm going to have to keep that one. Thank God we're recording this because this is something I'm going to actually use because yeah. in the end, that's good advice, especially if people have ADHD. It's I never connected it that way because I don't have it. So another great insight. That's great. I like to just get curious about what's actually going on, whether it's finances or being on top of things. What is actually going on? What's in the way? How do you like to work? How do you think you should work, but you're actually not? I like to just dig in there and, and usually we'll come up with something that is custom to them that will actually work because it's something that fits for them rather than something they think they should do. Totally agree. That's great stuff that you're doing. And it's great that you're digging in because a lot of, like you said, it's relatively new for what we're doing. And a lot of people don't buy into it. And it's amazing what you can actually do with a client by just having conversations and start digging in a little bit more and humanizing the process and not just being a, a number based. It works. Yeah, exactly. It's and, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say coaching can be so helpful where, wherever there is something not quite right, something stuck. There are other people who are amazing at that and love helping people with that. Yeah. I hire coaches myself when I need it. And yeah, I, I'm excited that it's become more and more of a mainstream normalized thing. It's been a long time coming that it's mainstream or it's starting to, but yes, yeah. but people People, unfortunately, still have a little bit of negative thought process about it. But you know what? That's okay. You, you can do what you want to do. But ultimately, if you want to get yourself out of the situation you're in, we all need help. So there's always somebody there to help us. Right. Just matter if you decide to use a financial code. Sir, I, I am very thankful that you came on today in the information. By the way, could you share your website with sure. uh, the listeners? And I'll also put it in the show notes. Sure. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, my website is adamcorin.com. Corin is K-O-R-E-N. That's it. It's my name, adamcorin.com. You can read a little bit more about me. Yeah. And I, as you can probably tell, I love my work. So if you're at all curious, reach out and, and we can chat. That is great. You're passionate. Thank you for what you're doing, Adam. Thank you for coming on. Very honored, and we'll definitely have you back on because we can have some more conversations about this and then also share some ideas and concepts and maybe collaborate on some things. I'll look forward to that in the future and having you back on. Great. Thank you, Ryan. Thank great. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Happiness podcast. Please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.